I get a go, Ben? I think you said after Debbie. Hey, I, I didn't realise this morning. Good morning, everyone. I had the privilege of doing the birthday message. Um, yes. Um, no, it's good to be here in God's house and um, worshipping Him on this Sunday morning. Um, we'll just have a short prayer as we open up. Heavenly Father, we just um, thank you for this day. We just thank that we're able to gather here together in such a quiet place and um, without any hindrance or, or, or any hint of, um, yeah, any um, outside um, evil that wants to come and attack it, the Christian community, Father. We just thank you that we're able to come and do it in peace and um, in a loving community. So we just, um, we know that the Spirit is in this place. And Father, we just pray that we can take away a message that you've given to us to share uh, with you all here today. Amen. The title of my message today is Defeating the Spirit of Indifference. Michael asked Deb and I the question, um, even when you sell out, have you thought about whether God may not want you to buy another property, but to serve him in some other way? What a challenging question for us. What a challenging question to all of us. The question I must also consider is, am I so busy farming for myself, my own dreams and desires, so easily to get distracted? How many opportunities do I miss to glorify God and serve him? Am I really seeing those in need around me? When was the last time we were moved with compassion for somebody? I've got a couple of scriptures here to read. First one from Luke 12, verses about 15 to 21, I think it is. Then to the people he said, be careful to guard against all forms of greed, because if someone is rich, his life does not consist in what he owns. And he gave them this illustration. There was a man whose land was very productive. He debated with himself, what should I do? I haven't enough room for all my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And I'll store up all my wheat and other goods there. Then I'll say to myself, you're a lucky man. You have a big supply of goods laid up that will last many years. Start taking it easy, eat, drink and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool, this very night you'll die and the things you prepared, whose will they be? That's how it is with anyone who stores up wealth for himself without being rich towards God. And he warns us and challenges here about building bigger barns and about being focused on ourselves rather than the things of God. The next scripture I'll go on to is um, Luke 10, 25 to 37. Um, an expert in Torah or the law stood up to try and trap him by asking Rabbi, what should I do to obtain eternal life? But Yeshua said to him, 
what is written in the Torah? How do you read it? He answered, you are to love Adonai or love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your understanding and your neighbour as yourself. That is the right answer, Yeshua said. Do this and you will have life. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Yeshua, And who is my neighbour? Taking up the question, Yeshua said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, where he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him naked and beat him up. Then they went off, leaving him half dead. By coincidence, a Cohen was going down on that road, but when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levi... Who reached, the place and saw, who reached the place and saw him also pass by on the other side. But a man from Shomron, and you're saying, and I guess that's Samaria, who was travelling came upon him, and when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. So he went after him, put oil and wine on his wounds and bandaged them. Then he set him on his own donkey, brought him into the inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two days' wages and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Look after him, and if you spend more than, the, more than this, I'll pay you back when I return. Of these three, which one seems to you to have become the neighbour of the man who fell amongst the robbers? He answered, the one who showed mercy toward him. Yeshua said to him, you go and do as he did. Thanks be the word of God. Let's look at the story of the Good Samaritan. He didn't go out of his way to find someone in need. There was a guy in need right in old mate's everyday life, on his way, going about his everyday activities. Others walked by, indifferent, uncaring, unresponsive, unsympathetic to the person in need. We have all been guilty of walking by. I know I have. My load versus lightening someone else's workload. We can all justify why we don't help others. I'm so busy. Haven't got the time. My own work needs to get done. Why doesn't he or she help that person? They're far more capable than I am. It is important to make the deliberate decision to be ready to respond to a person's need. Be ready with the three most valuable commodities we all own, our time, our money and our resources, or possessions. What do we have in our hand available to share? But we have to make the decision today that we will be ready. The Good Samaritan used all three. He had to stop. He might have missed the cattle sale. He might have been late to work. The injured man cost him dollars. He didn't count the cost. He didn't really know how much the final bill was even going to be. And he used his resources. He used his own gear. He put the guy in his own donkey. He put wine and oil on his wounds. He may have used his own clothes to bandage him up. Maybe he had to rip up his old, good old favourite RM shirt. Who knows? The way we can defeat 
The spirit of indifference is through prayer, which is simply our constant communication with God. All of us have inner conversations going on, mostly focusing in and around ourselves. What will I get done today? What groceries do we need at home? The fuel in the tractor? What is my family up to? Grandkids, wonder what they're doing. What st stock numbers do I need to buy? Invite God to take over our inner conversations. Every thought, every discussion, every moment at work, every moment at home, work and leisure. Jesus tells us in John chapter 14 how he does this. Verse 26 says, But the Holy Spirit will come and help you, because the Father will send the Spirit to take my place. The Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of what I said while I was with you. Start this conversation and keep it going <clears throat> by inviting God into our lives, then we are actually inviting ourselves into God's life and we can begin to see God's view of the world. So indeed his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is God's way of getting his work done through us. Start praying, asking God, what do you want done? What needs changing in our world? What can we do? We don't have to beg God to care about St. George or Roma or our neighbours in our street, in our community. God is already there. He's here. He just needs us to make him visible. Deb and I prayed probably a couple of years ago now. How else could you use us living here, out here in our isolated farming community? As God does sooner than later, a short time later, it was at our friend Dave Peake, who I hadn't heard of, haven't probably seen him five to ten years prior, phoned and asked us if we were prepared to take Jamie, who was due for parole from Pale and Creek Correctional, Correctional Centre. We had no idea. No correctional service experience, no rehab ability, only our availability. We were not prepared for how angry Jamie was, how hurt and how injured he was. His outbursts of anger and verbal abuse shook us both. We would cry out in prayer every night, Lord, help us. Help Jamie. We felt so inadequate. Dave Peake sowed the seed of God's word. We helped water this young plant dry and parched, crying out for God's love, grace and forgiveness. Jamie gave us a chance to share a little of our faith and living relationship with the Lord, and we often wondered if it fell on deaf ears. But God's spirit was definitely at work. Jamie went on three to four months later to live with another Christian farmer, a man who had compassion, seeing that Jamie needed a home. Ron continued to care and nurture Jamie further into his new Christian walk. 
Three weeks ago, Deb and I attended Jamie's Believer's Baptism at Gumbungee Church. What an emotional and exciting event to witness. Only our amazing God could make this happen. And I still shake my head. We have a yeah, mighty God. I look at the chain of events and the number of people who made themselves available and made Jesus visible to Jamie. They all attended and Jamie was able to have his photo taken with them. The big picture was only known by our wonderful creator. We had all gathered to celebrate this life change forever. And Jamie was already passing on what he had experienced. He had invited one of his inmates to come, or past inmates. Mark and his little daughter from Brisbane had never stepped foot uh, in a church in their life, but sat up the back with Deb and I for most of the service in between cigarettes. In finishing up, I want to encourage us all to keep going. Let's, practicing, let's practice love, loving that difficult person, intentionally bless an enemy. When we're in the wrong, go and say, I'm sorry, forgive and give something, something you own away. Stop and say thank you, even to the, even to the um, trolley man at Woolworths. Maybe the wardy at the hospital, his name is Colin. Sow a seed of hope and inspiration. Build someone up, elevate them, encourage a friend. Share each other's burdens, give another person a glimpse of God. In the Gospel of John chapter 12, 44, Jesus tells us, those who see me, see the one who sent me. A couple of weeks ago I sat at the BP in Roma, and a cup of coffee and a pie, by myself, and a small inner voice said to say good day to a fella sitting by his, himself. He said, do you mind if I come over and talk? I said, no, it'd be great. He came straight over and soon sat and started sharing, mainly about the loss of a 19-year-old daughter um, a couple of years ago, a twin. The sadness of coping with life after this tragedy and generally trying to, ha handle, trying to handle life. It was, um, it was easy to give this man a little of my time. It cost me nothing and just to listen. I hadn't gone out of my way. Our good news message to others is, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If their image of God is not like Jesus, we need to show them what Jesus looks like to straighten out that image. Take the message of God's amazing grace to the rest of the world. God can, get, God can then get his work in the world done through us, so his will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Just a small closing prayer. Father God, Thank you for reminding us of the amazing potential and power of prayer. Forgive us that it is often low on our priority list. Help us to realise that as we pray, we unlock the treasury of heaven. Lord, we pray for opportunities to make you visible as we elevate and encourage people to be drawn to you. Lord, make us different and help us to make a difference in the place where you put us. Amen.